0: Eric Allen came from a broken home he beat up his mum's boyfriend with a cast iron pan for hitting her when he was 13 years old he was jailed at 18 he was bankrupt at 21 he battled addictions then something happened in 2004 that changed everything
1: have you ever felt like giving up quitting
0: guest today is Eric Allen. He, His show, The Eric Allen Show, has been ranked number 133 on the U.S. Apple Entrepreneur Chart in January of 2021 and ranked number 202 on the U.K. Apple Entrepreneur Chart in October 2021. The Eric Allen Show is ranked in the top 1.5% of all podcasts globally. Eric is a John Maxwell certified coach, and he has been a guest on over 150 podcasts. I am honored to have Eric with us today on Never Ever Give Up Hope. Welcome, Eric. Oh,
2: uh, Carol, such an honor to be on your show. I really appreciate it and, and uh, excited to, to chat with you today.
0: And I'm excited to hear your story. So let's start with your backstory as I uh, share a little bit of it in the beginning.
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, I grew up in what I thought was a typical household. I went to Sunday school, played Little League. My dad would take my best friend Dave and I and literally throw us in dumpsters behind stores on a Saturday morning and then say, go find treasure. And uh, so, you know, it was just a fun thing. And Dave is actually still my best friend today, (laughs) 35 years later, which we can laugh about that now. But my parents got divorced when I was 11 years old and my mom immediately got together with a guy who was very physically abusive. And so I remember there were days when I was like 10 years old, nine years old, watching my mom just get beat up and I would call the police. They would show up. Cops would, you know, my mom wouldn't press charges. And so then it would just be rinse and repeat. And then they got pregnant and they decided to move us in the middle of my eighth grade year from Washington state out to Stevensville, Montana, population, 1200 people at the time. (laughs) And they rented this house. It was on beautiful acres. It was five acres, two ponds right by the Bitterroot River. And the house had three bedrooms. It was one for them, one for my little brother, who's a couple months old, and one for my younger sister, who's four years younger than me. And they said, Eric, you can live in the garage. And so I literally had this plastic tarp down the middle of the garage that separated my bed from the truck that would pull in. Luckily, my half of the garage had a fireplace that kept me semi-warm in the middle of the winters of Montana. But that was where I was at. And so, you know, starting to feel that rejection at that point. Yes. But I remember there was a moment when I was about 13 years old, I was brushing my teeth. They came home arguing. It wasn't anything different than any other night. But as I was brushing my teeth, I felt God go, man, you got to turn around. You got to see what's going on. And so the way the house was set up was behind me was the kitchen to the pantry to the garage door where my bedroom was at. And as I turned around, I saw this man on top of my mom. Boom, boom. Just one shot after another puncher in the face. And I walked up behind him, and I grabbed a, a cast iron pan, and I swung as hard as I could, and I split the back of his head open. And he turned around, and he didn't get knocked out, and I smacked him again in the forehead and split his forehead open. Cops came. To, to, they took him to jail, but of course my mom doesn't press charges, right? And so I felt like I was in this, this hero mentality. I was the hero, right? The problem was my mom didn't see it that way, and I was kicked out of the house shortly after and, and had to stay with my buddy Forrest on his hardwood floors to finish out the middle of my eighth grade year there in Montana before moving back to Washington to live with my dad. And so that really set me on this path of destruction for the next 20 years of my life, basically where, you know, I went back to live with my dad. He rented a house for him and I, he put hunger man meals in the freezer, make sure there is cereal and milk in the house. He put 20 bucks in a cup for my lunch money for the week. And that was how I lived. The problem was my dad never stayed there. He went and stayed with his girlfriend. So I'd see my dad a couple times in passing all through high school, but that opened the door for me to get into drugs really early on. Of course. So, you know, smoking pot before school, at lunch, after school, right? Getting into a lot of trouble and barely graduated high school. In fact, before I graduated, that's when I got arrested. I got arrested for having a bong, which is funny because I grew up in Washington when in 1998, when I graduated, it was illegal for that, but now it is legal Uh for that, Uh but you know, black and white chain gang outfit on. I had to go stay in Dayton, Washington, 24 hours there. And and it wasn't enough to scare me. I got right back into it. And then two weeks after I graduated high school, I woke up to a post-it note on the bathroom mirror that said, you can't comply with house rules. You have 48 hours to get out. And so it was at that point where I said, OK, well, I'm going to go in and try to survive and get into this life thing. And between the age of 18 and 21, I moved 21 times, living off of couches here, and a couch there, right? I was living off of credit cards. I couldn't hold a job. Had $100 in my pocket and moved up to Seattle, Washington. And by the time I was 21 years old, I was $28,000 in debt. And so at that point, I ended up filing bankruptcy. And I think it was a lot easier to file bankruptcy back then because it only cost me $300 to erase the $28,000, right? 000, right? So, but it still set me back to the point where I couldn't even open a savings account without a co-signer, right? And so it was at that time where I was lost in the world. I was, you know, living in Seattle, barely able to afford a rent, a rent that I was renting a room for $250 a month. I could barely afford it because I just was not good with spending. I was, most of us was going to drugs and alcohol at the time. And then I landed a job with Universal Records in downtown Seattle. And it was always a dream of mine to get into the music business, but I don't know how to play anything. The problem was... <laughs> You know, I wanted to be behind the scenes, like sales and all that stuff, right? And so I actually lied to them. They said, you have to be in college. So I went and I paid $300 for an internship class at the community college there. Never went to class, but I took my receipt to Universal and said, hey, I'm in college. They said, cool, you're in. That's uh, that's about how it worked back then. But, you know, I got to live this Rockstar lifestyle at that point. So I was going to two to three concerts a week. I had unlimited drinks, open tab, basically at any concert I was at. And then I was working part-time at Starbucks and I did that for a full year. In the first six months, I didn't get paid. I just showed up as an intern guy. And then they finally said, oh, okay, well, you're here enough. We'll start paying you. So that's how I got my foot in the music business. I got laid off my one-year anniversary. I was working at Starbucks as a night manager. So I'd get off. I'd go to my ghetto apartment, drink myself to sleep every night. And one night while I was working at Starbucks, a girl walked in and said, hey, we've got a cool college-age event down at our church. Would you be interested in going? And it was in that moment where I was depressed. I had no friends and she was good looking. So I said, yep, <laughs> what time do I need to be there? Right. And so as I, as I went to this event, I ran into guys that I had met four or five years earlier at in Tri-Cities where I grew up. Oh, really? And I was like, "Well, wow, that's strange. What are, you, what are you doing out here on this side of the state? And I think it was in that moment that God really started to plant a seed in me. Because it was a month later. It was Easter 2004. I went out and partied with a band that I was managing and I woke up on Easter morning, surrounded by probably 15 guys that had gone out and party with me. It was early, but I felt in that moment so clearly, God saying, dude, you are going down a path that's going to end your life very quickly. And so in that moment, I gave my life to Christ right then and there. I quit cold turkey, drugs, drinking, cigarettes, uh. everything in that moment. And I felt such peace in that moment. Now, I, I had led a life of, of the worldly desires for a long time, but I felt a lot of peace in that moment. And then I called that girl, and I got her voicemail, and I said, hey, thanks for inviting me to church. Maybe I'll see you at the store sometime. And a month later, we were dating, and now we've been married for almost 19 years.
0: Oh, my goodness.
2: <laughs> and, and, and that's how I am where I'm at today. And, and my wife and I, when we said I do, like we both came from broken families, mm. and we just said, you know what? When we say we do, I do, it, we mean it, and we're here to break chains of abuse, rejection, addiction, and divorce, and our, our family tribe has been filled with those things, but we're the ones that are going to put a stop to that and our kids will have a different life than we did. And, and that's how I got to where I'm at today.
0: What a great success story. It's like, okay, we're done now. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you went full circle. Wow, that is amazing. I appreciated how you shared your story. And I thank you for that. Let's now go into part two, which is the secrets to success. Mm. You have laid out specific things for people to do to be successful, correct? Such as morning routines, yeah. consistency, getting around the right people. And of course, podcasting, networking. So share a little bit about that and how someone who may be listening would be able to do the same thing.
2: Yeah, it's so important to set yourself up for wins. And so for me, I'm 44 years old. So if I open my eyes every day, I immediately go, thank you, Jesus, for another day to see and hug and hold my family. And and in my head, that's win number one. And then I make out my bed. So there's two wins in 15 seconds. So I'm already realizing that I'm winning for the day. And we trick our brain into accepting those wins mm-hmm. right away, Yes, that it gives us this thrust of emotion, like, I want to continue to do this. And so those are two wins that I do right away. And then for me, we have kind of built a home gym, so I go downstairs, I work out a little bit, and then I come upstairs, and this is where it gets really important for me, hmm. is I turn on worship music, and I spend time in prayer, and, and really being grateful for where I'm at today, because there's moments where I look back at my life that I should not be alive. Right. But I have made it through. There's a purpose and a plan for all of our lives. And I think once we realize that we can change at any point in our life, you know, I interview a lot of people that are have multimillionaires to people who have lost uh, family members who have gone through the worst of the worst. But they made a choice to change. And that's what I did is I made a choice to change. And so I think if you're struggling on trying to figure out, like, how do we be successful in life? Well, everyone's definition of success is different. But for me, it's making sure that I stack the wins and I'm there to provide and protect my family and to break those chains. And so that the Allen tribe legacy moving down the line, like we're, we're changing the trajectory of the Allen tribe moving forward. And that's really my goal right now.
0: What's step number one?
2: I think step number one is realizing that we're all human. And that we all make mistakes. Like we're all sinners in this world. But I think if we can, you know, for me being a, a Christian, I rely on Jesus, right? So Jesus is the reason that I'm here. I, I, I said, Jesus, I, I need your help to, to break away. But number two, I think you need to get into a different environment. If you're around people that are smoking and drinking and, and partying, but you don't want to be part of that, you've got to leave that environment. And that's what I did when I when I got sober. I replaced the party scene with men that I found in the church that had great marriages. They had great businesses. They were great entrepreneurs. They had great walks with Christ. And I said, I want to take you out to Starbucks and I want to ask you, what are you doing today to do what you do today? Like what is it that keeps you on track? And so you've got to surround yourself with people that are living the life that you want to live. Step one acknowledge and then turn around and find people that are living life that you want to live and get around them.
0: I really appreciate what you said to replace the party scene. In other words, if you are leaving something, you have to replace that of something else. Otherwise the temptations, et cetera, are going to overcome you. Correct?
2: Exactly. Yeah.
0: What other tips can you give people? Maybe some ideas of how they can do that.
2: Yeah. I think one start with writing down your goals writing good, down, good. writing down the things that you want to do. So habits really define us, right? So like we can be motivated by a, a motivational video or a podcast, but if we're not putting habits into play, right? Okay. Those non-negotiables, that's what moves the needle in your life. So if you wake up and you're like, Oh, I might do this or I might do that. You're not going to accomplish that thing that you want, whether that's getting fit or losing weight or making more money or whatever that is. You've got to start writing your goals down and really meditating on those and do it more than, more than once a day, right? Like write it in the morning and write it at night. One of the guys I had on my show named Craig Ballantyne, he talked about how, how to have or how to have that perfect day formula. And really for him, it's writing that to-do list at night before he goes to bed. <laughs> so I'm <that> relating. When, <laughs> yeah, So that when he wakes up, he knows exactly what he has to do for that day. I've got to uh-huh. respond to this customer. Uh-huh. I've got to do uh-huh. this right He's not getting up and messing with Instagram or Facebook or checking his online stuff. That's He has a direct list of what he needs to do. And so build those habits of doing that every night before you go to bed, putting that habit into play of writing down your goals and reflecting on them more than once throughout the day. And that will help you get on the path.
0: I agree. Oh, I love that. Thank you. And I like the way you laid it out. Thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you also stated that podcasting opens doors. Yes. Before we talk about that, we're just going to take a quick 15 second break and we will be right back. Carol Graham would like to show you the path from misery to miraculous triumph in her fast paced memoir, Battered Hope. She relates her determination to succeed as someone who experienced one horrendous nightmare after another gang raped and left for dead, loss of a child, husband falsely imprisoned, and cancer. Nothing could break her tenacity or faith. No matter what you face, heartache, loss, suffering, or injustice, Carol will illustrate how she became a victor the same way you can. The secret is to never, ever give up hope. Order your copy at Amazon or batteredhope.blogspot.com. So how does podcasting grow your brand? This That really intrigued me when I read that.
2: I think podcasting is, in my opinion, the number one way to market your brand and to grow your brand. And reason being, it's extremely cheap to have a podcast. You can run a podcast for free. You don't have to have the fancy equipment. I started in a walk-in closet with a $49 <laughs> microphone. I mean, I literally had no place to have my podcast. I, I was running a hundred foot extension in our bedroom, across the bedroom wall into a walk-in closet where I had bad lighting, bad microphone, right? Uh, it was using the, the camera on my laptop to talk with people. When I started this thing in 2017, what I've realized over the years is podcasting. There's it's as big as it is. It's a very small community where there's people that will join you on your show or they'll invite you on their show. And then it kind of spreads like wildfire and people want to share their stories. And so for me, when I started interviewing, I started my podcast called top rated MMA. I was just interviewing MMA fighters and asking them, why the heck do you want to get in a cage and get punched in the face? That was my, that was my whole idea around starting a podcast. And then in 2018, I came across a guy named Ed Milet and I was like, listening to his podcast. He was interviewing entrepreneurs and I thought, man, I want to do that. I want to talk to world changers. I want to talk to people who are making an impact in the world. And so I started the Eric Allen show in 2019 and then was blessed to land a phone call with Ed, which land, which I was able to record and release as an episode. And I just have loved the connections and networking. Some of my best friends have been and are people that I've met through podcasts, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I've gotten trips to go on to, you know, on business trips. I've gotten I've gotten collaborations and partnerships through it, and as well as that is, like, it's great to market your brand and you can monetize it and you can make a lot of money. You can also make little money. and And I didn't get into podcasting to make money. I got into podcasting because I love to network and grow my grow my community and 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 network with people. But a lot of people get into it and they think and they're going to be the next Joe Rogan and make a hundred million dollars, <laughs> and then they end up quitting, right? And, and that's why there's ninety percent of people who start a podcast fail or stop within seven episodes. They just they stop. And I'm like, "Well, oh, man, that's crazy. Just keep going. But outside of the, the benefits of collaborations of partnerships and trips and friendships, I look at podcasting so much differently. Podcasting for me is legacy. Like yeah. I wish, I, I wish that I could go back three, four generations deep and hear my great grandfather's voice and hear his story from him and, and see his face. But I can't, but I can do that. For three, four generations deep down the Allen tribe. They can look back, go, man, great, great. Grandpa Eric was a rock star. He did awesome interviews and he was high energy. And they got to hear, they get to hear my story from me. Podcasting is a legacy thing outside of that other stuff. The legacy is, is what it's about. So I look at podcasting way differently. It's so much, such a great opportunity to share your story and impact people. Even today on this interview, I've gotten to connect with you now. And hopefully one of your listeners gets impacted by my story.
0: Right, exactly. Exactly.
2: And that's my goal is I don't need 10 million downloads or 5,000 downloads. If I can impact one person through my story, that's what matters to me.
0: There are many different types of podcasts, of course. Do you think that interviews and stories are the most impactful?
2: I think they can be. So I think people relate to stories. I think people want to hear stories because they might hear a story that's relatable to theirs, right? And I think when people do solo shows, that's just as great. There's so many podcasts out there that no matter what you're into, no matter what topic you're into, whatever you feel your purpose is, you're going to find a podcast out there that actually will relate to you. And so sometimes when I'm interviewing people, I may not relate to their story like David Melcher losing $100 million. I've never lost $100 million, but I can relate to where he was at rock bottom and mm-hmm. he had to file mm-hmm. bankruptcy. So that part of his story really intrigued me and impacted me to make some change in my life. So hopefully through interviews, through sharing stories, people will hear that and want to make a change in their life. Maybe they want to go get sober. They've, they've been struggling with that. Right. And so solo interview combination of they're all impactful. And I don't know that one's better than the other. I've always done interview shows because I'm so intrigued mm-hmm. by people's stories. Right. Mm-hmm. And my story is, it is what it is, right? Like, I, I will go out and I'll share my story openly, but I love to hear other people's stories. I love to yes. promote other people. And so, for me to share the stories of some of the people that have been on my show, like Ed Milette and Brad Lee and, and so many other people that are just making massive impacts, I love that part of it, just the impact side of it.
0: And growing your specific brand.
2: Yeah, it, it grows your brand because you never know who's going to listen to that episode, maybe of an interview that you did. For example, I was on a podcast that was based in Tennessee, and a listener of that podcast heard my story, got in touch with me from a radio station in Tennessee that did a full interview with me, put my show, my story out there, and in about a month's time, it had 50,000 views on YouTube. <laughs> you never know who's going to listen to your show or who might catch your story. You know, sometimes it's not even the direct interviewer that's interviewing me. That's going to get impacted. Maybe it's somebody that they listen to or someone that listens to their show. Right. And that's what happened in that case. And I've gotten, you know, referred to other podcasts, but it grows your brand because it shows authority. You're doing something with your brand, right? Yes. Authority is huge. I've now recorded, 500 interviews since i started this in 2017 and blessed to be able to do that but i don't have any plans to slow down i'm gonna keep going <laughs> and i think too many people when they get into success and all this stuff is they quit and here's kind of a thing that i like to look at is i had to become a quitter to become the person that i am today And what does that mean i had to quit thinking that i wasn't created to have a great marriage i had to quit thinking that i wasn't created impact people. I had to quit thinking that I wasn't created to be a great dad. I had to quit quitting. And once Mm. I did that, that's when I started to make an impact because I realized that my past and other people's opinions of me doesn't define my future. And I can make that change at any moment. And once I do, I step into that and we go full on. We try to make an impact.
0: Quit quitting. I love it. Yeah. Wow. Eric Allen media.com is where you help entrepreneurs get known. And noticed online through podcasting. So tell us about that. There's lots of great resources there to help anyone start, launch, and run a
2: podcast. Yeah. So I've got a, a free um, download. You could do top ten things that I would do to to launch a podcast. Some tips that I've learned over the years. You can download for free on my website ericallenmedia.com. It's under the resources tab there. I've got an ebook that really goes into more detail about like what you could do to launch your podcast to start it. Like a lot of people get into podcasts going. Where, where do I start? Well, that's what this ebook is for I'm gonna walk you through everything that we did th- that I did to get to our mat. how to book the big names on your show How to set up your RSS feed like where should you promote it? What types of questions should you be asking so we get into that it's a $7 ebook I also offer a full-on course It's about 28 videos and it's a self-paced course on how to start launch and run your podcast and with that when you do that course uh, I actually give you a free month of sponsorship on my podcast to promote your podcast. So if you buy the course, I promote you for a month and I also do live one-on-one coaching as well. But there's a lot of free resources on there. There's books that I've read. There's books for my guests that I've, I, I, I like to promote like great things on my website. There's free and there's paid resources on there, but it's filled with a ton of stuff that people can learn from. And obviously if they have questions, I love connecting with people. They can just shoot me a DM on Instagram or Comment through my website, and I'm happy to help them out.
0: Well, I'm going there. <laughs>
2: thank you, thank you, <laughs>
0: thank you. I've done 500 interviews. All oh, right. that's awesome. But you just never get tired of it when when you, you're on a roll, right? And you yeah. can't you can't stop the stories; they just keep coming. <laughs> There's so many stories. I Absolutely. appreciate that so much. What I got out of that last thing you said: it's never too late, and it's never too soon, right, to start doing what you have always wanted to do if you're looking at starting a podcast, what's holding you back? So that was a real word of encouragement and motivation for anyone listening. So in closing, what would you like to share as motivation or encouragement or anything that you would like to do?
2: I think I want people to understand that it doesn't matter what your past looks like. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what has happened Mm -hmm. to you. There, there might have been some really horrible things that have happened to you, but you get to decide how you move on from that. You get to decide how That's you right. continue with your life. Don't have that victim mentality. Like, have that mentality of growth mindset. Like, how can you grow and make an impact? When I interviewed Ed Milette, he told me the acronym CAN C-A-N-I, and it's constant and never-ending improvement. Yeah. So how can I improve my life every day? Try to find something. Whether well, that's reading a book for five minutes, right? But there's a couple things that I love. One, if we could be grateful every day, but also if we can stop judging people. It's not my job to judge anybody. Wow. My job is just to love people where right. they're at. I, I, I don't care if you identify as a toaster. My job is to love you where you're at as long as you're not hurting yourself or hurting others. And I think that's what Jesus did. He just loved people. And, and so for me, that's important to me is just to love people where they're at. And I want to encourage people that, look, it doesn't matter what your past is or others of people, other people's opinions of you, you can make a change at any point. The past and other people's opinions does not define your future.
0: You said so many things that can, so many different types of people can relate to, and I thank you for, for doing that. There's, there's no excuse here, I mean, whether you want to start a podcast or even just make some changes – you yeah. Thank you for sharing not only your story, but also encouraging us to go through those doors, to take mm-hmm. that first step and to determine that you are going to complete, as you said, set your goals. We can yeah. start with making our lists. I mean, my goodness, such simple steps that can do complete change in our lives. So thank you for that encouragement. Definitely, let's go to your website, which is ericallenmedia.com. Download the course for seven bucks. This could be a real life changer for anybody, no matter, again, not just for podcasting, but for many other things as well. Just I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing today. I love your energy and your commitment and your encouragement. And I'm sure that your audience will relate to you. All of these things will be on the show notes so you can download the course, connect with you and get started. So thank you again for being on Never, Ever Give Up Hope.
2: Oh, such an honor, Carol. I appreciate you having me on.
1: Thank you for listening to Never, Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. Did you know that most people succeed because they are determined to? Quitting was never an option. Carol loves your comments and will respond to each one.